1: Morning, afternoon, afternoon. <laughs> with Marty Carpenter. Uh, we're filling in for Boyd today, if any of you are wondering, and uh, we're going to talk about Congress and their lame duck session. And and you know, it, it occurs to me that lame duck sessions are probably more honest, more forthright than others, because first of all, a lot of the... Congr- congress people have been recently reelected some aren't even running again so they don't have anything to lose but they're not really running for reelection right now they're not they're they're doing things maybe because it's the right thing to do
2: and some of them already got booted out so right, they're right. you know they're packing up the office kind of a thing but there is still some business to be conducted and in fact there's a lot of business that needs to get done before the end of the calendar year before a holiday break just look at some of the things that are on that list they're trying to pass a 1.5 trillion dollar spending package Uh, They're trying to get a a Marriage uh, Protection Act taken care of. Uh, They've got to do something about the debt ceiling. Uh, They're trying now. The president added one thing to the plate yesterday, and he's trying to get Congress to finalize a deal to uh, avert a strike by the rail workers uh, that could have significant impacts. Obviously, if you stop shipping things around the country, that has a rather uh, outsized impact on the the, uh, supply chain that we're just now starting to see kind of get back to where it needs to be. So I, I don't know. Like, that seems like a lot. I know I've got a lot of stuff to get done before the holiday break, but my list is shorter than that, and it requires fewer moving parts to get it done.
1: Well, let's get to the expert. We have with us uh, this afternoon, Caitlin Emma, budget and appropriations reporter for Politico. Th- Caitlin, thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon. Why do I keep thinking it's morning? Because it's, the
2: it's been the same outside all day. We, we got snow here, Caitlin, and it was just the same gray for like 48 hours. But now the sun's out, so oh, Greg's gosh. excuse is going away.
3: Got it. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's start at the bottom, if,
1: if we could, Caitlin. Talk to us about something that I think a lot of people aren't even aware of, which is this rail worker strike and where it sits, and the president attempting to subvert that right now. Is he getting much pushback or much help from Congress, or where's that headed?
3: Right. Well, this is a really interesting issue that sort of, you know, kind of I can't, I can't really say snuck up on um, Congress because it's sort of been out there for a while. But, you know, it's really added to a already huge um, legislative to do list. Uh, that, you know, lawmakers have in just really a few short weeks before the holidays. So, you know, essentially President Joe Biden said on Monday that Congress needs to um, basically intervene and head off this, uh, what would be basically a crippling, you know, work stoppage uh, within the railroad industry, you know, in the next couple of weeks, um, which is, you know, piling, already piling onto this huge legislative to-do list. So, you know, immediately House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that the House could act, you know, as soon as Wednesday, um, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the Senate, you know, will take up uh, legislation as soon as possible after that. So everybody's in agreement that Congress um, should step in and head off. It could be, you know, a really devastating um, strike for the economy and for supply chains, you know, just before the holidays. But not everybody is in agreement here. You know, you have some... Um, progressives like Senator Bernie Sanders saying that you know this is going to give railroad, railroad workers kind of a raw deal um, in, in some of the rights that they're seeking so not everybody is on the same page even though every uh, congressional leaders have agreed to you know head this off uh, really in the coming days so it'll be really interesting to see if you know the house if the votes in the house and the Senate are, are there to pass something like this.
2: I think it's easy to kind of get caught in the trap of saying, well, what are they going to do first? What are they going to do second? What are they going to do third? And the reality is they're probably working on multiple things all at once. But at some point, yes, they do have to advance them and, and vote on them. To some extent, they have to prioritize where they are spending the, the majority of their time and what they do want to get done first, even when working on it simultaneously. So with all that's left on the on the plate between now and the end of the year – where do you think that their focus is right now as far as the thing that they're trying to move forward most expeditiously or how do they rank things as far as prioritization?
3: Right. Well, top of mind right now definitely seems to be avoiding a national railroad strike, which is, you know, uh, possibly imminent as soon as December 9th Um, and immediately following that government funding runs out on December 16th. so Congress really put themselves in this position, as they often do, uh, you know, work on like annual government funding deals is like always delayed. And this year it was especially delayed because of the midterm elections. And we still have the Senate runoff race um, in Georgia on December 6th. So. Uh, that will be very consequential consequential for the makeup of the Senate. So that has also delayed talks on a government funding package. Even though federal cash is going to expire in like a little more than two weeks, but basically, congressional leaders and President uh, Biden met at the White House today, and they decided, you know, to do two things: which was avert the railroad strike and pass a mass and work to pass a massive government funding deal by the end of the year. Um, that's going to be an incredibly huge lift. I don't know that it will happen by December 16th. Like they might have to pass, uh, you know, a short week long government funding patch to kind of get them over the finish line. But, you know, I have seen it get done in a very short amount of time and the house and Senate can work incredibly quickly when they want to. And when they're motivated to leave
1: for the holidays. (laughs) Caitlin, it seems like we can never talk about Congress and the Biden administration without mentioning Ukraine. And uh, we've seen that the administration has already asked for $38 billion in additional Ukraine aid and $10 billion in emergency health funding, um, which would go to COVID-19. Let's talk about the, the Ukraine aid. Is that something that uh congress the the outgoing congress is supportive of they've certainly been involved in it for the last six eight months since we've had the problem and is that something that the administration is likely to get passed
3: right uh well the ukraine aid is going to be a huge element likely as part of a year-end government funding deal um so the administration's request was 38 billion uh, we haven't seen, you know, uh, Senate Republican leaders like officially come out with a number that they want or that they support. But um, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell said today that this is a priority for him and uh, many other Republicans in the conference. So I would expect to see, um, you know, possibly billions, tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine aid in a year in government funding deal um, should one come together. I think there's a lot of motivation to get that done, too, before the start of the next Congress, because you have an incoming House um, majority, House Republican majority that is kind of fractured over this issue. You know, you have the right wing of the Republican Party saying that, like, Ukraine shouldn't get another dime and that we need to assess the tens of billions of dollars that we've already sent that country and that's going to be kind of a, a harder list you know next year in 2023 so there definitely is a lot of motivation to make sure that the country um uh, has what it needs you know now uh, while like democrats are still in control of both the, the house and the senate
2: okay then one other thing that they've got uh... That they've got on the list that they're trying to work their way to is also the Respect for Marriage Act that uh, I think is on people's minds here in Utah because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has expressed support for the amendments related to that act. Um, where does that sit on the priority list, and is that something that uh, gets more difficult to get done after the uh, you know if we if we miss this window of the lame duck Congress and get into next year, is that something that uh, they're pushing to get done uh, by the holiday deadline as well?
3: Yeah, so this is actually probably the most um, imminent <laughs> issue. Basically, the, uh, the, the time agreement was, you know, set up earlier um, this week, I guess. Earlier this week would be Monday. Um, but essentially, the Senate is uh, probably going to pass that legislation as early as today, um, which would bring it a critical step closer to President Joe Biden's desk. Um, you know, this bill has uh, stalled. For a while, because there was a long sort of campaign to attract 10 Republican votes to break a filibuster, Um, that legislation is now officially on track to, to pass again, like I said, as soon as today. Um, That would send it to the House, uh, which is an easy list since, you know, Democrats still have a slim majority in the House. So that um, that legislation is is one step closer to, um, you know, President Joe Biden's desk. And, you know, obviously it would enshrine same sex marriage protections in federal law. So that's one one item (laughs) across the legislative to do list before, um, you know, a lengthy, lengthy list of other huge things.
2: (laughs) A lot to get done, and everybody wants to get out for the holidays, so we'll see how it rolls out. Caitlin Emma, Budget and Appropriations Reporter for Politico. Caitlin, thanks for taking some time with us today. Thank you. All right, Greg, when we come back, we're going to talk social media, social media conversations that and get pulled to the extremes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about who's posting, who's arguing, and who's just opting out. Back with more on Inside Sources after this.